today in episode 74, we're opening up my mom box to find my favorite tangible tools for making motherhood just a little easier and a lot more effective. You see, some of the items that have been essential in my mom box have been items that reduce the amount of negative news that my mouth has to deliver to my kids. So what are some of those tools that help with that? They're simple, but they're so helpful. Welcome to the Practically Speaking Mom podcast. I'm Emma, and this podcast is about me. Well, it's also about my older siblings and what we've taught our parents. I mean, what they've learned from raising us. I have one sister who's in high school, two brothers in college, and three married siblings. Did I tell you I'm an aunt, too? So as you can tell, my family is quite a handful. Mom says that even with all her mistakes and our imperfections, our family is a masterpiece designed by God. And God has placed on my mom's heart a passion for helping all her mom friends to know that your family is a masterpiece designed by God too. Mom has written a series of books called Your Family, God's Masterpiece. And those books are full of practical ways to help all you moms find your focus to be the masterpiece God intended for your family to be. If you'd like to find out more from the Practically Speaking Mom, you can visit our online home at practicallyspeakingmom.com. Hope to see you there. Oh wait, I think Mom's got something to say too on the podcast. In episode 70, Tiffany Deschner and I were talking about timers and how valuable they can be. She gave some great tips, and I brought up the fact that I used to give this talk years ago where I would show all the things, all the essential tools I would keep in my mom box. And so this was literally a little cute box that I would keep handy in a handy spot in the house as I was raising my seven kiddos. And it had essential tools to make life easier for me as mom, more effective for me as mom, and to also guard relationship in some ways as well. So what do I mean by guard relationship? I mean that our role as mom is kind of Well, we've got lots and lots of important roles that we play, but two very big ones are we want to balance character development and giving them effective skills for life with relationship. And so if I give them skills that they need for life, but I do it at the expense of our relationship, you know, be harsh and rigid without time and caring from the heart and without understanding and without respect and, you know, mutual respect and honor. There's so many things that are essential for keeping our relationship in a good spot so that what I teach them to equip them for life is more effective because they want to please someone that they love and respect and have a good relationship with. Or if we have a bad relationship, then they're going to resist wanting to make changes in their character or do a better job on their portion of the chores or whatever. If we aren't at a good place in our relationship, they are going to be resistant to that growth as well. So it's so important that I focus continually on both equipping them for life, both in character and ability and as well as knowledge and all sorts of things, 
but equipping them for life coupled with maintaining a good relationship, maintaining the right to influence. That's a little phrase that I use with you all a lot. Well, this mom box has some things that really help that. And I want to talk about those first. You see, some of the items that have been essential in my mom box have been items that reduce the amount of negative news that my mouth has to deliver to my kids. So what are some of those tools that help with that? They're more basic than you may think. They're simple, but they're so helpful. So the first one is a bell or a whistle. Now at my house, I used a bell, but I really think that a good quality whistle would be better. It's just that I found an affordable bell. So that is what I used. I can actually remember it was, it had to have been like probably 16 years ago. There was this little gift shop in the town we used to live at that time and over Kansas. And I was shopping the little gift shop and I found this handbell. And it wasn't a little dainty ding-ling-ling kind of bell. It rings like a gong, gong, gong. <laughs> okay. Well, why would I buy a bell? I bought a bell because I wanted that sound to call my kids to supper or to lunch or to uh, when I needed to make an announcement or maybe we were going to all do devotions together or I wanted to tell them it's time to come in from playing outside. You know, kids learn to tune out their parents' voices just like we learn to tune out voices that are constant in our lives as well, right? So I wanted the bell for that reason and have used it all these years. (laughs) for just that reason. Also, it carries a lot further than a voice does. In fact, if one of my kids has in headphones, they can still hear the bell where my voice, uh, they don't hear as much. Also yelling. I just, I was trying to stop being a mom who yelled. So that was one way that could help that as if I didn't need to shout to be heard from a distance. Another essential item in my mom tool chest for helping my mouth not have to deliver as much negative news is sticky notes. Some ways that I would use sticky notes is I might write a note that says, you forgot to put away the silverware when you put away the clean dishes. So I'm going to need you to clean out the silverware drawer to help you remember to do the silverware next time. Or I might leave a note that says, I need this item turned in by this time today. Or I might leave a note, please read the following pages in this book. So I'll put a sticky note on the front of a book before you have screen time today. Or you have an appointment tomorrow at 5.30, we'll leave at 5. Or I might hand them the sticky note pad and say, write on this sticky note, Abby owes mom $10 for this item. And then stick that sticky note on the fridge so that that's a reminder for her and I that she needs to pay that. So those are some examples of how I would use sticky notes in ways that reduces negative words coming from me. Now that doesn't mean that I don't use sticky notes for positive things as well to tell them different, you know, little love notes to them 
or uh, for lots of other reasons. But at this moment, we're talking about tools that I utilize to reduce the number of times in a day that my voice is negative news. Okay, so let's talk about an additional one. And this is what we had brought up with Tiffany Deschner. And it's the almighty timer. It's so much more than a tool for timeout, which honestly is something that I'm not a super big fan of anyway. Uh, that's why I did a podcast episode called Time Rather Than Timeout. And time was an acronym for four things to do instead of timeout. So you might want to check that out. I will put a link to that in the show notes. Now, we use a timer for many purposes throughout a day. When they're little, it's a great way to help them know, okay, you're going to do this until the timer goes off. They can't read a clock, so a timer helps them in that way. It also helps me not have to keep watching the clock. And then as they get a little bit older than that, we might use a timer to say, okay, we're going to work on this until the timer goes off. Then we get to do that fun thing. So we're going to give a hundred percent effort right now. It could be cleaning their room or, you know, when they clean their room, I like to be more specific. In fact, this is like a huge way that I use the timer. I could say, I want you to clean your desk off for five minutes. I'm setting the timer. So they clean the desk off for five minutes while I work on something else. The timer goes off. I hear it. They hear it. And then I'm I'm like, okay, I'm setting the timer. I want you to deal with all of these clothes <laughs> that are laying on the floor of your closet and try to get that done by the time the timer goes off and we set it again. And so breaking it up into little parts like that really helps big jobs be less overwhelming because we broke it up. It also, that timer in that instance, helps me to stay engaged in the progress of that project as well. You know, I don't care almost how old they are. Like my daughter that's 11, I still like to be very much overseeing the process of her cleaning her room. Because if I just say, go clean your room, it is not going to be that high of a standard. She's awesome, but she's 11. And I want to raise her bar, raise her level of excellence in what she sees a clean room as. And so that means I need to check on her frequently. Inspect what you expect. And I don't know who came up with that quote. It's not mine, but it is something that is definitely a fact of life. If we really want our kids to perform with with excellence or perform at any amount of acceptable level, we have got to be following up. And that doesn't mean we have to follow up in anger. It means that we need to stay somewhat involved. I don't want to be a crutch. I want to grow their ability to be more and more reliably independent workers but I still need to check in with them. You know, if I don't inspect their work, I also don't get to praise it. And that's a really important part of it too. You know, we had to do a little celebration when Emma's room was done because she had worked hard and we did a very, very deep cleaning of her room. That doesn't mean that I nonstop cleaned right along with her, okay? It meant that I was overseeing. So breaking it down into little steps, coming back and checking, but those timers can help so much with that. Now, another use of timers 
is competition. It is fun to create some competition, some fun loving competition between kids on different things, you know, who can get this done first, or let's see who can clean this the fastest, or who can come up with a solution the quickest, or, you know, that kind of thing. Some kids really thrive on competition and some don't. But if you have an only child, or if your kids are further apart in age, then them competing with each other becomes pretty impossible or not possible. So a timer becomes what they get to compete against. And so that can be very helpful. Now to a child who doesn't benefit from that kind of pressure, like for some kids, competition is a healthy, fun pressure and they thrive with competition. Other kids, the exact opposite. It may overwhelm them. And therefore, I still would use a timer with those kids, but I used it in a different kind of way. It's it's all in the delivery of, of the tone and the word choices that determines whether that timer is just a boundary, setting a limit, or whether it is an exciting competition opportunity. So it's just going to depend on your child. We would use it in anticipation of the end. You know, I know this is not your favorite task to do. For example, I might be telling them, I know this is not your favorite task to do. I'm going to set this timer for 10 more minutes. And as long as you give full effort in that 10 minutes and really do your best, then you get to be done. But if at the end of that 10 minutes, you haven't given your best effort, then I'm going to have to extend the time because we do have to get a certain amount of this done. So you give best effort and we get to keep it at the 10 minutes. That would be an example of anticipation of the end, using the timer for that. There's also setting a timer for anticipation of the beginning. Yesterday, Emma wanted to play a game with her brother that is home from college, but she had some things that needed to get done. And she was having a hard time actually following through and getting it done. So we we did a timer. You know, let's see if you can get it done in the next five minutes, and then you'll be done with this, and you'll be able to get to that game. So anticipation of the beginning of the fun or beginning of what they're looking forward to is another use of the timer. So those were some items in my mom box, and we've been talking about mom tools that help reduce the amount of negative news that must come from your mouth. Now let's talk about positive news. One of the great privileges of motherhood is that we can praise and affirm our children in ways that spur them toward growth and good behavior. You want to always be in the process of discovering more about your child, what really motivates them to growth and self-improvement and character development. Now I'm talking about positive reinforcement tools in this little segment. Well, I hate to, but I must interrupt my mom box reveal. My busy intentional mom friends, I am making every effort to keep my podcast episodes shorter to fit into your busy days. So I will share the rest of my mom box with you next week in episode 75. I hope you enjoyed today's episode of the Practically Speaking Mom, Intentional Mom, Strong Family. You can find lots more from the Practically Speaking Mom at practicallyspeakingmom.com. There you'll find Mom's blog, books, and the six rooms of the Intentional Mom's home. 
If you found this podcast to be helpful, we would be honored if you would share it with others, subscribe to the podcast, follow her blog, and join in the Practically Speaking Mom online community through Instagram and Facebook at Practically Speaking Mom. Mom also has a private Facebook group for intentional moms, and she would love to get to know you there. To be a part of it, join the private Facebook group called Intentional Mom Strong Family. Join today to give feedback about the episode, ask questions, and to interact personally with Val and lots of other intentional moms. Again, that's the private Facebook group Intentional Mom Strong Family. If you think other moms would benefit from this podcast, would you please put a review on iTunes so that iTunes will recommend this podcast to moms when they search? Mom is looking forward to spending time with you again next week right here on the Practically Speaking Mom podcast, the place for an intentional mom to build a strong family. See you soon.